Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Taylor Rapp, former Washington Husky defensive back, and you are tuned in to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello. Welcome back. Had a long work week, but it's finally time to talk about some ball sports here. Uh, pretty busy week for uh, all of our teams here, but uh, obviously the one in particular that a lot of people are going to focus about focus on right now are Seattle Seahawks playing on Sunday at 10 a.m. in Atlanta. So let's just right, get right into it. Um, just to sort of go over some notes about what's happened over the week. Uh, obviously, one of the big big issues or big talking points is that uh, the Seahawks were not able to sign Jadavion Clowney. Uh, he signed with the Titans for a one-year $12 million deal that is laden with incentives, and it also gives him the opportunity to cash in again in the 2021 season. Uh, the team restructured David Moore's contract, uh, who is set to be a free agent still in 2021. Um, this was all before uh, cut day. Um, oh, wait. No, pardon me. That was after. Um, and after signing Josh Gordon, the team is not allowed to necessarily say anything about his reinstatement. Uh, and They've stated that they don't know what's going on, but, you know, when you sign the guy, you kind of figure that's what's going to happen. You figure that he's going to be able to play soon. But at the moment, uh, just from comments from the team and from Pete Carroll in a press conference, the team is not currently aware of what the situation is. Uh, the team said it's practice squad, uh, and it includes tackle Tommy Champion, quarterback Denny Etling, wide receiver Aaron Fuller, uh, linebacker Shaquem Griffin, who I'm glad to see on that list. Not necessarily that he's on the practice squad, but glad he's back on the team. I was worried um, about the potential impact that might have on Shaquille Griffin's uh, potential extension here uh, soon and just, you know, the overall chemistry between the two as uh, obviously, you know, you know, if, if your brother's not on the team after he was, you know, it might be a little rough uh, or frustrating or cause some upset feelings as well as the fact that I have been a big Shaquem uh, Griffin supporter in terms of his play. So, you know, it's good to see that. Uh, Penny Hart was on the practice squad, but then he is uh, recently activated to the active roster, and wide receiver John Ursua was sent down to the practice squad. Uh, continuing with the practice squad, uh, defensive back Gavin Heslop, uh, Cedric Lattimore defensive tackle, wide receiver Lance Lenore, Tight end Tyler Mabry is a guy that a lot of people seem to uh, be high on going into the sort of training camp. Ryan Neal, defensive back. Defensive back Jason Stanley. Tight end Stephon Sullivan, former uh, sort of wide receiver from LSU. Cody Thompson, wide receiver, who was a standout at camp uh, prior to being a little bit derailed from injuries. And tackle Chad Wheeler. Uh, obviously, like I said earlier, their first game, uh, kicks off at 10 a.m. versus Atlanta this Sunday on the road in Atlanta. Atlanta is not one of the teams that will be allowing fans into the stadium. Uh, as if you saw on Thursday, the Kansas City Chiefs allowed fans to be in the stadium, about 17,000 it was said. And I'm just going to say it, it didn't really look like people were wearing their masks. It didn't look like people were social distancing. I do not know how long the fans will be allowed in the stadium. Uh I don't necessarily think it's a good idea, but, you know, at the end of the day, I can't control everything. And uh, sometimes it's 
they'll take real life experiences for people to learn their lesson. Um, in Pete Carroll's press conference that I had mentioned earlier, uh, some notes, uh, he said that both Trey Flowers and Quentin Dunbar are likely to play on Sunday, but there's no word on who will start. Obviously, Shaquille Griffin would be the essential cornerback one, uh, but it's still kind of up in the air if Trey Flowers or Quentin Dunbar will be that cornerback two uh, on the other side of the field. Uh, tackle Dwayne Brown showing up at the injury list throughout this, the week was only rest and days off and that there's no concerns with his knee. This was something that's been shown for Seahawks veterans in the past, sort of showing up on the injury list, uh, but it's just really them just taking days off or taking days for rest. Uh, defensive end LJ Collier will start at strong side defensive end, although Rasheem Green, who I've been a big fan of here uh, since we drafted him, will play a lot. Uh, Pete Carroll said that Collier has earned a chance to start, which is, you know, it, it should, should be a good sign uh, after he had a rough year last year starting off, not really being able, being able to get his foot in the ground there. Uh, so, you know, obviously hope for big things coming out of Collier this year, especially out uh, after uh, sort of the production or lack of lack thereof from the pass rush last year. Uh, the team, like I said, not able to discuss Josh Gordon's reinstatement. Kind of frustrating. Uh, you think he'd be and reinstated by now, but the league seems to be uh, just kind of twiddling their thumbs at this point. Uh, wide receiver Philip Dorsett will be a game-time decision. He still has been dealing with that foot injury that the team was not aware that he had prior to their uh, signing him, which is kind of a question mark, kind of a bit of concern, but... Uh, you know, game time decisions a little more hopeful than nothing. David Moore will be the wide receiver three there, but rookie Freddie Swain out of Florida will play also. So that's something to note there. Uh, the team has also said that they will not hold back and letting Freddie Swain play, which is a good upside to see young man out of Florida. There uh, could be a bright spot going forward. Would have liked to see him play in the preseason, but that's obviously not how things shook out. Um, and then some notes from offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer. He hopes to get all four active running backs. That includes Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, uh, Travis Homer, and DJ Dallas involved versus the Falcons. Obviously, it uh, might be a little difficult getting all four guys in there during the game. Uh, but, you know, with no preseason, it might be a must uh, with getting everybody back into routines. Uh, what was this? Oh, yes. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, he's also expecting big things from DK Metcalf this year. Said that he's really got a good work ethic, and they're excited to see what they can do with him, moving him around the field, uh, showing off his versatility. And lastly, in news that showed up on Friday, Seahawks special team coordinator Brian Schneider uh, had to step away from the team indefinitely due to personal reasons, and Larry Izzo will take over. Moving on to our baseball club in the Seattle Mariners. Game week recap on Saturday. The team won versus the Rangers 5-3. Justin uh, Sheffield went seven innings with only two earned runs. Uh, Ty, Ty France went two for three. Ty France, like I said in the episode prior, should be a guy to pay attention to. Has kind of inserted himself in the lineup and just been a star from, well, star. Has been productive from there. Sunday versus the Rangers, they won 4-3. to three. Uh, Justin Dunn went six innings, uh, only allowed two runs. Both Kyles, Kyle Lewis, and Kyle Seeger homered in that game. Uh, Monday versus the Rangers, they won 8-4, to four, completing the sweep. 
the Rangers seem to not be having good luck with the Mariners this year. Uh, Marco Gonzalez pitched seven innings uh, and gave up two runs and had seven strikeouts. Dylan Moore had a home run and four RBIs, and Kyle Seager had a two-run home run. Tuesday versus the Giants, uh, they lost six to five. Uh, six pitchers were in the game for the Mariners at, uh, in total, and J.P. Crawford had three RBIs. On Wednesday versus the Giants, this was the game that they uh, played under the orange sky due to the fires. Um, and I just want to take a moment to uh, thank all the firefighters out there, uh, whether it's, you know, those who are inmates or those who are firefighters uh, for occupation. Um, obviously, in California, I think they're allowing uh, inmates to pursue uh, firefighter jobs. So that's that's a good sign. And that's something that's uh, hopeful uh, for those who want to pursue that. Um, but just, you know, uh, it's, I know it's, you know, fire. I don't, you know, I already want to stay clear from fire before I burn my, my hand. So I can only imagine, you know, I can only imagine, like I said, I can only imagine uh, what they're dealing with, with everything that's going on. And this just really, again, brings to light uh the difficulties that are happening throughout this year, 2020. I mean, I don't know if uh, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say, I don't want to knock on wood. I don't want to say anything. Uh, can I, I don't want to say that I doubt anything will top this year, but I really, I hope that nothing ever tops this year in terms of how bad it has been. Um, so I just, everyone, Hope everyone who's had to evacuate or has been affected by these fires, whether it's smoke or the actual fire, and the firefighters themselves and their families, I hope that they're, uh, it's, you know, hope the best. Um, it's just difficult, you know, because you can't necessarily donate to them because they're government funded, you know. So at this point, it's just being safe. Please don't go light fires out in the middle of the fucking woods. Don't be an idiot. Um, uh, but. Anyway, uh, to get to the game, the Mariners lost 10-1 to uh, under that orange sky. Uh, the Giants had won five straight at that game. Just, you know, difficult game there. Uh, I, I, I Probably because I'm superstitious, but CBS Sports and everybody else, uh, a couple writers around the, uh, around the country had put out things about how the Mariners were the you know hottest team in baseball and how oh, they could make the wild card. And then they start losing, uh, including Friday's game versus the Diamondbacks in Arizona, lost 4-3. to three. Uh, A late rally fell short. It, it just sucks. It's like, hey, don't pay attention to us, please. We're playing well right now. Uh, the team sits at 19-25, and 25, is 2.5 games out of the wild card behind Detroit and Baltimore, uh, and is third in the division. Just please shut up about us. Don't talk about us, please. Let the Mariners keep doing what they're doing. Obviously, I don't really see this team making the playoffs for the next two. I'd say I'm saying two years. Okay, I'm saying two years, maybe one with how well they're doing, you know. And you acquire some pieces here and there, you know, but or in just wait for the development of some guys. But you know, if they could make the playoffs this year, I do not care. It's a sixty game season. I will take it. It'll shut all the idiots up who complain in the comment section about the playoffs. So, you know, like I said, I'd, I'd be perfectly fine with it. But, I, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to sit in here and cry about it if they don't make it. 
So, uh, yeah, like I said, the team has 19 wins, 25 losses, 2.5 games out of the wild card, and a third in the division behind Oakland and Houston. Uh, and just to reiterate again, weekly, uh, Kyle Lewis, uh, what's the best way to put this? Kyle Lewis segment, I guess, uh, you know, well, I guess it includes the other young guys, uh, led by the young stars of Kyle Lewis, Evan White, Ty France. There is that chance that the team could make the playoffs, sneak into that AL wild card. Um, like I said, 2.5 games out. Uh, something to note though, is that there will be three games uh, in the remainder of the season that they play the Astros, and it could be pivotal, those head-to-head games. They could have a really big impact on uh, that wild card spot and the division as well. So that's something to note, that later in the season, that team will play Houston again, obviously. Um, and that the head-to-head games really do matter. Um, and I'll just, I'll just continue to say uh, my case for Kyle Lewis's uh, rookie of the year campaign. There's a lot of talk about this Luis Robert guy and I get it. You know, it's great. The White Sox are doing well. That's great. No, but from every game I've seen, every game I watch the Mariners, uh, they always show the little stat of it says Kyle Lewis leads all AL rookies in like hits and RBIs and walks, uh, you know, and all these, it's like nine different cat, eight different categories. And it's like, how can this Luis Robert guy be a favorite when Kyle Lewis leads AL rookies in all this? And it's, it, you can call me a homer all you want because I met the guy and all that because I'm a Mariners fan. But, I mean, it, 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 it's just logic to me. You take the actual numbers and then you put it to that. It's like you shouldn't equate, like, team success. That should be something that's not accounted for. You know, I mean, I just don't, I don't understand where this is coming from, where it's like this Robert guy is the favorite. In my eyes, Kyle Lewis is the clear-cut favorite. I I don't know. I just, try to use your brain, please. What is the most inspiring thing I ever said to you? Don't be an idiot. Changed my life. Whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that? And if they would, I do not do that thing. Heading into our resident football club. Uh, not to start off sad, but the team lost on Sunday to Portland 2-1 to at home. Uh, Kevin Leardam scored just kind of a game where the team didn't really put out much of a performance in the second half. But on Thursday versus San Jose, they won 7-1. to Watching this game, it's just they get coming and coming and coming. The goals, I was like, Jesus. Uh, Jovan Jones scored twice. Joe Paulo scored. Raul Rui Diaz scored twice. Kevin Leardam scored again. Jordan Morris all scored. Jordan Morris had a goal and three assists and was the Sounders' man of the match. No MLS team had ever scored four goals in the opening 20 minutes until that game, and seven goals in a game is the most goals in club history. Uh, Just kind of a thrashing. It was like one of those pent-up frustration games that, you know, they took everything out. It was ridiculous. I mean, seven goals. My goodness. Um, and on Friday, no, pardon me. Uh, no, yeah. On Friday, uh, the MLS announced the upcoming games for the Sounders, and among others. Uh, on Friday, September 18th, they will play LAFC at home. Uh, on Wednesday, the 23rd, they will play at Portland. And Wednesday, September 27th, they will play 
the LA Galaxy in CenturyLink Field. Um, in Seattle Storm news, uh, game week recap. Uh, on Sunday versus the, the Minnesota Lynx, they won 103-88. to 88. Natasha Howard had 19 points. Uh, Brianna Stewart had 18.4 rebounds and 5 assists. All starters uh, had 15-plus points, except for Sue Bird, who had 8 points. Ezie Magbogor had 12 points off the bench. On Wednesday versus the Dallas Wings, they won 107-95. to 95. Brianna Stewart had 23 points, 11 rebounds, and 6 assists. Jewel Lloyd had 23 points and 7 rebounds. All starters uh, with 10-plus points. And Friday versus the Mercury, they won 83-60 to 60, uh, with six players in double digits. Uh, pardon me. Jordan Canada had 13 points, uh, two rebounds, and four assists. A couple of things to note here before I continue. Brianna Stewart did not play with a left foot injury, and Suber did not play with a left knee injury. So kind of things to note there. Uh, Natasha Howard had 12 points, five rebounds, three assists. Uh, both Mercedes Russell and Jewel Lloyd had 10 points there. Uh, and Alicia Clark had 9 points uh, and 7 rebounds. Uh, with Crystal Langhorn and Ezzy Magwagor both having 10 points off of the bench there. Uh, the team sits at 18-3 and three, uh, in 3 away, which doesn't really mean much considering that they're playing in a bubble. But uh, they're still first in the Western Conference, so that is what matters. Uh and in a ESPN All WNBA Bubble team, uh, Brianna Stewart was named the first player on the team, uh, averaging 19.7 points per game, 8.3 rebounds per game, and 3.6 assists per game. Obviously, um, it doesn't really seem like the injury to Brianna Stewart will mean too much, uh, but with uh, Sue Bird missing nine games throughout the season due to a bone bruise in her left knee. Uh, that she initially suffered on July 30th and re-injuring that knee during collision uh, with Dallas Wings rookies had to Sabley on Wednesday, uh, which actually left Sabley in a concussion protocol, which isn't exactly good. Uh, and Brianna Stewart dealing with tendonitis in her left foot, just kind of hoping that they're able to take it easy uh, as we approach the end of the season here. Uh, let me check actually what the final games are looking like. Um, but like I was saying, it's, uh, you kind of, you're getting towards that stretch of the season, you know, you're, you're first in the Western conference, first in the league, and you play Dallas and pardon me, you play the uh, Las Vegas, uh, on Sunday, the 13th at 12 PM to just kind of close the season out. You, you really hope that maybe this is a game that you, you sit both of them just to be safe. You know, your two of your best players, obviously, uh, Zubert hasn't been producing the biggest numbers uh, this season, but it's, uh, they can clinch the number one overall playoff seed with a loss by Las Vegas uh, on Saturday, or they can do it so by beating the Aces on Sunday in the season finale. Uh, they have, be- have clinched a the uh, a top two seed and a double bye to the conference finals, which will give the team a week off after the Sunday after Sunday's game against the Aces, uh, which is good. You know, get them some rest. But you, you really, really, really hope, knock on wood, that nothing happens uh, to either Stewie or Sue Bird uh, on Sunday uh, if they do play. Uh, so heading into UW athletics, I only have one headline for you here. 
not every NCAA team is on board with COVID protocols. Uh, a survey from about 1,200 athletic trainers shared that about 60% of respondents reported that athletes were only somewhat following COVID-19 protocols um, or rules. That's to reiterate what I said in previous episodes. Um, I get it. You know, you want to have a season and that's, and I have nothing against that. I really don't, but it's difficult in college because you know that some of these guys don't have the maturity or will not take the responsibility that comes with having to play in a pandemic, uh, while making sure things are safe. There are people who are going to cut corners. There are people who don't realize the weight of their decisions and it will hinder the ability to have a season and to continue moving forward. I've seen, um, it's not college, but it's high school related. I've seen a lot of the top players and a lot of players in general from high schools uh, wanting to play. And that's good. And, you know, that's, ooh, I'm bleeding. It's not good. Um, they've, they've stated their wishes to play. And I'm all for it, dude. No, but it's, it's very important that you show that maturity, that you show that level of responsibility in order to make sure that you are safe and that your family is safe and that the, you know, the coaching staff is safe um, in order to avoid a, a positive case. Cause you get that positive case. Everything can shut down because you can pass it on to somebody else. And you don't even know thanks to, you know, the asymptomatic stuff. It's, it's just really important um, that people are taking care. You know, it's just, it's just, you know, you gotta know you have to have that responsibility. It's it's crucial um, to the importance. It's crucial to the you know continuation of these games uh, during the season, at least. So, not to get in too much of a rant, but that's it for this week. Um, like I said in the beginning, it was kind of a long work week for me. So, uh, being able to sit here and talk about ball sports. Uh, for a little bit is always fun. Uh, still trying to improve. Uh, like I said, I was hoping uh, to have some interviews planned for you guys here soon, but uh, things have kind of stalled for the time being. So, you know, we'll just keep with the weekly consistent stuff. Um, I'm going to try to start getting those YouTube videos up uh, just so, you know, they can get more convenience out for those who prefer YouTube and that's easier for them. Uh, but you know, I'm excited. I'm going to have more Seahawks content here soon. Uh, so, you know, that'll be exciting. Um, and you know, I don't really want to jinx it, but we could have playoffs here for our Mariners, but we'll see, you know, I'm not going to hang you know, I'm not going to get all riled up about it. But uh, it's definitely exciting, and like and even you know, the storm, the storm top two seed in the playoffs. That's huge in its own right. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, I did notice that there's always two people who listen to it right when it releases. So if that's you, please do let me know. I really that's that means a lot. Uh, but otherwise, I want to thank you. Uh, please remember that Black Lives Matter. This is a fight for equality. Um, don't be that person that boos 
when these athletes take a stand for equality, but then cheer them on when their athletic talent is on showcase. It's not how it works. It's what happened in Kansas City on Thursday. Uh, I don't know how you can boo during a show of unity. Like, as these athletes are black, but you're booing them. You're booing black athletes for calling for uh, equality. How does that? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, Black Lives Matter. And if you think otherwise, you can get off of, you can just leave. Uh, Take care out there. Be safe with all the smoke. Uh, Drink water, hydrate, try to stay indoors right now. Wear your damn mask, social distance, and uh, take care. I'll see you next Saturday at 5 p.m. Or if you're listening to this at some other time, I hope you're doing well. Uh, Hydrate and stay safe out there. Thank you.